happy Monday. Today on The News and Why It Matters, CNN's Brian Stelter proves he may not be a reliable source after all. We're going to have to check that out. Uh, also, the latest on the trade talks with China. A lot coming up starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Mr. Glenn Beck himself, uh, Aaron Colin from TheBlaze.com, and we are joined, the newbie on the show, she's her freezing. maiden voyage. For the first time. For the first time. She's like, is it always this cold in here? Yeah. Uh, Katie Williams, U.S. Army veteran. Oh, thank you for thank, having me. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we got a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Uh, so, Katie, you're a veteran. I am. You're familiar with shooting weapons, yes. right? Dry fire. Yeah. <laughs> how important how is important? trigger control and Oh, dry it's fire. very important. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much it changes your, your patterns yeah. when you don't when, breathe properly or pull your, your, your trigger right. right. And when you know, when you hear that click mm -hmm. when you're releasing it, most people are like, fire, and yeah, then they release and they let it. Yeah, they let it go very quickly. Yeah, but yeah. when you can just release it slowly and you hear that click, it makes so much difference. And that's what iTarget Pro can help you find. Um, because you're not shooting any ammunition. It's going to save you a buttload of money. You can do it at home, and it's very accurate. You shoot it at a target, and it registers. You put the iPhone um, up by the target, and it registers right where you're, you're hitting. So um, you're just doing it with that, without ammunition, which is a great way to really learn yeah. trigger control. Uh, you can get 10% off right now and free shipping if you use promo code NEWS. That is itargetpro.com with promo code NEWS. Uh, so Brian Stelter at CNN. I think he's gone insane. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I mean that sincerely. I think he has lost his mind. Um, Brian is a guy who I would say was a semi kind of friend. I mean, we never hung out, but I had respect for him in the business and he had respect for me. He was working, I think, at TV Newser in 2006 when I first went to CNN. And he was a guy I always trusted because he would take the story and he would print what I what I felt was the right side. He would print that. If he found somebody else, he would print what they said. And he was always right down the line. He has gone insane at CNN. And, and I think it's because that's a massive, massive staff. And, and I remember what it felt like to be alone there. There were no friends. I'd get into an elevator. I'm not kidding you. I'd get into an elevator and people would stop talking it was 21, I think it was 21 floors or 12 floor. I can't remember. Well, we do that with you here now. Yeah, I know. But everyone would do that like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, It was That's crazy. Like, like yeah, you were alone if you were a conservative there. Yeah. And I think it just feeds on itself. Mm -hmm. And the, the mental uh, illness, I really believe mental illness that is happening now because of Donald Trump is is showing itself brian stelter wrote that he had just left over the weekend so his wife was pregnant gonna go have a baby so he went and he comes back and he said you know i really have some perspective and i'm thinking oh, oh good maybe. all right maybe, maybe, the, maybe, maybe, up, you know, yeah. maybe change his opinion and here's his perspective watch i think that medicalizing politics has three very dire consequences Hmm. The, the first is that it stigmatizes the mentally ill. I've known thousands of patients, almost all of them have been well-behaved, well-mannered, 
good people. Trump is none of these. Lumping the mentally ill with Trump is a terrible insult to the mentally ill, and they have enough problems and stigma as it is. The second issue is that calling Trump crazy hides the fact that we're crazy for having elected him, and even crazier for allowing his crazy policies to persist. Trump is as destructive a person in this century as Hitler, Stalin, and Mao were in the last century. He may be responsible for many more million deaths than they were. I just let me just get some perspective here. First of all, if that guy is still practicing medicine, he should lose his license. <laughs> yeah. It is the most irresponsible. So He's never met him. He's never talked to him. It's irresponsible. And we all knew that, you know, in journal in days of journalism past, we all knew that. You don't psychoanalyze somebody you don't know. It's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Second of all, this is how bright this guy is. He says Trump will be uh, responsible, may be responsible for many more millions dead than Adolf Hitler, 12 million, <laughs> uh, uh, Stalin, about 50 million, and Mao, as high as 90 million. And he's going to do more than those guys did in what? His last year in office or, <laughs> or maybe the next possible, five yeah. years? Well, I mean, I'd like to know what, what those deaths would be. What what is he how what from climate change from, you know, uh, kids in cages on the border? Like, where are they attributing these deaths? You know, what to? what bothers me so much is I look at Donald Trump and I think, OK, Donald Trump, he does like the dictatorial kind of guy. Mm-hmm. OK, he does like he likes Kim Jong. il He likes somebody who's just like, I'm going to take care of myself. <laughs> he likes that. Yeah. I don't think he's a dictator. But I could see him be a guy when the economy collapses, if it did in his term, as a guy who could become very FDR. Okay, and we could go very social light, socialist light, and he could do those things. Um, But I don't hear anyone. They're all afraid of that. They're all afraid of somebody who's going to take the reins. And I'm afraid of that. I don't like that. But on the other side, we have people who are actually saying that they like the policies that were enacted, whether they like it or not, whether they want to say it or not, the policies they're asking for were enacted by Hitler, by Stalin, and by Mao. When they don't, when they don't work, people who are attracted to that system have to eliminate people who are standing in the way. And when I hear the, uh, the, the socialist uh, um, Democrats Talk about by any means necessary. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say that those guys are going to create millions of dead. I don't think that they're crazy because I don't know them. Mm-hmm. I think they're misguided. Since when is one side big government that has proven itself to be deadly to people not terrifying when another guy is totally terrifying? Oh, and by the way, Who's ever in office, let's give him or her all of our guns. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, zero pushback. Zero pushback. No follow up questions about how Trump was going to kill all these people. I'd like to know. I'd like to see that coming. Uh, But it's interesting how that guy's supposed to be a psychiatrist, but that sounded just like typical left wing political analysis. There was no, no professional thing about it. 
um, he's just doing the same talking points that everybody else on CNN is going to do. And I think Stelter said he didn't hear what yeah, was saying, and I don't know later. if I believe well, that. He looked like yeah. he was. He said. Yeah. He said when he got back, he has a new perspective that Donald Trump is crazy. So he went out, and I'm sure found this guy. This guy's not in the news anywhere. This guy is in the news for being on CNN saying those things. Mm. I believe the president's crazy. Go find somebody, some psychiatrist that will say that. Oh, we got this guy. Good. Mm. That's how that happened. You don't go on the air with somebody who has that opinion and not know it. Not at CNN. Yeah. Trust yeah. me, I know. Well, and he was conversing with... He was having yeah, a bad. It didn't look like there was any the gap guest. in like the technology, like his earpiece went out or didn't hear what he said. It looked like he was really locked in and focused to what he said, and he just went along with it and then went on with the interview as if he didn't just say that hundreds of millions of people were about to die because of our Yeah, and I, I think the problem is is that no psychiatrist actually just says, Hey, this person is crazy. That's not that's not a diagnosis. Mm. Right? There's always something behind mm. it. And you know, you can't psychoanalyze somebody over what you see in the news or on TV or anything like that. He this probably is, has never met Donald Trump. Look at this. <laughs> this is red flag this is what red flagging can can do. Somebody like that. Hey, I, I'm the head of psychiatry of Duke University. This guy's crazy. He shouldn't be trusted with guns. In the wrong society with the wrong leadership, that's exactly how it works. You lose your rights. Mm. Um, I, you know, I wonder, Glenn, is this the way that the media is treating Donald Trump? Do you think that that's going to actually inspire more support for him because i can't imagine that the average american is going to listen to that and actually they're think they're, it's they're done true. With they're done with all of this i really believe there is a real fatigue of donald trump bashing and of donald trump you know his tweets when he's doing stuff now i know a lot of people who are big supporters are like Would you please stop what are you doing especially trying to stop yeah. it so there's a real fatigue on both What's going to make the difference is any global unrest, real serious global unrest. Iran does something. Um, Europe begins to crater. China makes a move towards Taiwan. Anything like that, people are going to want stability. Mm -hmm. If the economy starts to tank and really hurts people, you, you have to understand I think it's the Russell 2000. There's the Dow, and I think it's the Russell. Nobody's ever heard of the Russell because that's small and medium-sized businesses. Mm. That's not doing well. It hasn't done well for many years. The average 60% of these small businesses are saying, I'm still losing money. I'm still hurting. Farmers are really hurting. If that doesn't change... Or if it gets worse, the president's going to be in trouble. He's got to solve the China deal and get it off of the table. He's got to revive the, the engine. Um, Katie, I want to ask you the same question. I know that you uh, are a supporter of President Trump. Yeah, I am. Um, and you do have the perspective of coming from you know, your former uh, military What do you see? Do you see all of this jargon on uh, CNN helping him? I, At all? You know, I, I don't, I don't want to make it a point to, to listen to anything CNN has because I think it's, I think it's the culture itself there at CNN. You know, like you were talking about how he, when he just goes crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you're in that environment for so long, you tend to actually believe the same things that you're constantly hearing mm -hmm. over and over. You know, whatever gets repeated gets remembered. Mm -hmm. So um, you should, if you think that's crazy, you should hear the conversations <laughs> that they have that aren't on the air. Oh, and yeah. I mean that. Oh. Yeah, I don't tell. Oh. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know. I think as far as uh, from a military perspective and then also from, uh, you know, president support uh, supporter, I just 
I don't know if the people in my lane are no longer supporters, but I think you're right. Definitely where people are just so tired of, you know, the president bashing. And then, yes, the president sometimes gets on Twitter and I don't understand what goes through his mind before he says things, you know, yeah. like I, I put into, you know, I put some thought into my tweets before mm-hmm. I go out there. I'm like, well, you know, can I piss anybody off with this? You know? he, but um, he likes chaos. Yeah. He and does. That's the yeah. problem. Chaos is bad all around. If, if the president could have self-control and just say, yeah, they say some crazy things. Just for the next, what, 12 months, 13 Mm -hmm. months, I think he'd walk through with a landslide. People need to know that everything is stable and he's okay. There's some people who are just not comfortable when things are peaceful and when things are stable, and he's one of those people. He's one of those. Yeah, I think think that too. I think if it's... Anything's too quiet for too long. He has to come up and say something. You know, he's like, hey, remember, I'm still here. (laughs) You know, don't forget me. (laughs) All right. More to come back in a minute. Yeah, I mean, but it's built who he is. Yeah. You know, it's been good for him. Beijing has signaled that they are they are looking to end the trade war uh, calmly in in their words. Glenn, I know you you covered this big time on your radio show this morning. Everyone should go and check that out. What hour was it? It was hour two. It was hour two on what the economy means, what's happening, what's happening with China, what the, the the some of the stuff that's happening with China that people forget. First of all, 2008, China said and I've never, ever seen any country ever say this to any president. But they said to uh, President Obama, they bought a bunch of our bo- uh, bonds, okay, our debt, and they said in a statement, do not dishonor our investment. This is a culture that is run on honor. Think of it what you will. The Chinese believe they act with honor. Okay, the people do. It's important because that's why Pearl Harbor was bombed. Most people don't know this, but when, we, when Pearl Harbor was bombed, that was for an offense from Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, we, we, ca- we were the bank of the world. We said, everybody sent World War I, everybody send us your gold. We'll send you money, we'll send you bullets, we'll send you arms. You send us your gold because they didn't have any cash that was worth anything. So we had this huge pile of gold after, the world, after world War II. So Woodrow Wilson becomes very arrogant and says, you know what, England, no more trade with Japan. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. That's a really important trade partner for us, especially in that part of the world. And they will find that to be a slight on them. So Woodrow Wilson said, I don't care. You're either going to do business with us or business with Japan. They had no choice. They said, okay, we'll pick you. They told Japan, the United States asked us to pick, and we had to pick the United States. Mm. Dishonor. Mm. So when they had the chance in 41 to come after us, that's what that was about. That was one of the big parts of it was, really, America? You dishonored us. Same thing with China. Donald Trump operates in a world where he can say anything about anybody, okay, and dishonor anybody. I mean, I'm surprised he does. We should look it up. Maybe he has trashed Mother Teresa at some point, (laughs) but he only does it as a negotiating thing. He only does it to get the upper hand, and he doesn't mean it. He doesn't think about it the next day. 
the Chinese do. Mm. China is running a, uh, a debt of 480 plus uh, percent of their GDP. Mm. They are way out of line. They can't function over uh, if their GDP uh, is less than 8% or 6% growth. They say they're at 6.2. Our numbers look like it's closer to 4. Mm. They're hemorrhaging. They're hemorrhaging. That's what the president is muscling. Mm-hmm. But they don't play by our rules. Um, back uh, last year, we were going through the People's Communist, you know, uh, record book, you know, their budgets and, and their central bank's budgets, if you will. And on page 66, we found that they had printed 50, tr- no, sorry, 25 trillion dollars 25 no it was 50 it was 50 50 trillion dollars okay so you know all of the money in the world in circulation is about 60 okay so they printed 50 trillion dollars they gave 24 trillion of that or 25 trillion of that to their their own corporations and said, just keep running on this funny money because it was all being destroyed. So just keep running. They took the other and they put at least $16 trillion into our stock market. So when we say, oh, they had, uh, China has us uh, because they held 1.6 trillion and still today 1.6 trillion in our bonds if they sell our bonds we're screwed okay that's what everybody said they have anywhere between 12 and 16 trillion in our stock market you hit the sell button and it's over and by the way they did it all through offshore shell corporations so we don't know who owns what. We don't know what they have. And if you think that the Chinese won't do it because, well, they'd lose too much. A, it's funny money. B, they're running a deficit of 480 some percent of their GDP. They know it's over. If the, if the question is, do I let the United States have any kind of power over me as I'm going down you're crazy to think they'll let us yeah. stand. Yeah. They'll take the entire world down with them because then it's a level playing field. Yeah. Aaron, you want to weigh I, in? I think that's what people don't understand when they're evaluating this trade war with China. They don't see how we're tied with them in ways that are sort of behind the scenes. And when you look at it and you say, well, we're going to get tough on China and we're winning and we're winning, but there are real effects for real people. Mm-hmm in the United States that are coming as a result of this. And there's also, like you said, the very real risk of what they might do if things really start going wrong. And so we can't just look at it like, yeah, we're going to beat China up. We're going to win this trade war. Like there's there's casualties that will come as a result of that that we have to be careful about, about the way that we handle this as a nation. There is a there is a pattern and it starts with a with a collapse of an economy. Um, a, a like a banking scandal. It always starts with like a banking scandal. And there's like five steps in between that banking scandal, like the one we had in 2008, and war. And the last step is hot trade wars. Mm. Got to okay. turn around from this. I, I just, I mean, I just, I think we need to be careful when it comes to China. China's a very large country. You know, they outnumber us 
and their military is not, you know, it's not like the U.S. military. U.S. military is all volunteer. They're not, you know, they are required to join the military. They're required to serve in the military, and they, they can outnumber us, and they can, they can beat us up pretty quickly. Yeah, they, I mean, so. in Korea, I'm sure you know this, in yeah. Korea, they sent people with sticks. Yeah. They didn't care. Yeah. We just couldn't, we didn't have enough bullets to yeah. kill them. And, I, and I, think that's a, I think that's something that people actually forget. You know, I mean, the United States military were in, in on total force, it's like 3.1 million. Mm-hmm. And the prison population actually outnumbers us. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and, and those numbers actually change every single year. You know, when the defense budget comes in, you know, we can mm-hmm. recruit more people. We can actually take more people out. But the numbers change every year. But our U.S. prison population is more than our U.S. military population. And I don't think people realize that. I, did not we're actually, I had no idea. We're actually really small. <laughs> you know, wow. we, we actually say that we are less than 1%. And we are, I think the last time I ran the numbers, it was like 0.71% of our actual population is in the military, mm-hmm. currently activated. Do, wow. Has there been a decline in that at all? I'm not, curious. not, no, actually since President Trump has taken over, there's, you know, there's been a jump up in the number. We actually got more funding, of course, so with more funding, we mm-hmm. sent soldiers. But I don't think people realize it takes a lot of money to train a soldier, you know, for just a regular Joe Schmo entering into the military. It's $100,000 just to go to training. And that's not what we're training now. And that's not what we're training. We're not training to go to war. We're training for sustaining jobs mm-hmm. in the military. You know, we're training for urban jobs, you know, because we're not, we're in a garrison environment. We're not in a war anymore. Uh, but I do think that if we go to war with China, past the trade war, because the final step is that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we, we would actually suffer greatly. You know, and I, th- I think that President Trump needs to at least acknowledge that. I don't think people think that's possible. You know, I think <laughs> the general public doesn't look at that and say, oh, that's a real end consequence to this. Trump sent a, uh, it wasn't a destroyer, it was a troop carrier mm-hmm. in between China and Taiwan. They don't take kindly to that. That's, we don't do that. Um, and he sent it as a message. That again goes to the humiliation. They don't forget things like yeah. that. So, and just and, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you know this at all. I, but when they send a destroyer, that's the ship that you can actually see on top of the water. With those destroyers, they send about forty ships underneath the water that mm-hmm. they cannot see. Huh. You know, and it's because they never send out something by themselves. The Navy does not do that. You know, it's they'll send the one that you can see on top of the water. Just understand that there's about fifty ships and submarines below it. Mm. All right, back in a minute. <laughs> Well, that's just slightly terrifying. (laughs) Just see these things. In case you haven't heard, uh, you're living under a rock or whatever. uh, Glenn, you're doing a Christmas show this year. Yes, haven't done one in probably eight or nine years. Um, And I just warn you, if you go, you have to understand every single story. And I mean this, every single story is true. No one believes that. (laughs) You have to meet my family. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a diss to your family. Oh, oh well, they're crazy. So they're so crazy they don't understand it. They're in the audience going, <laughs> "Yeah, that's true." Uh, uh, it's December seventh. You can get your tickets at Glenbeck.com. Go to Glenbeck.com. Hurry up! I know they're selling out, right? Yeah, Are- right now we're at except for the balconies. I think and the very front, there's just like individual seats, but you can still get up in the balconies, you can still get some seats together. So hurry up and go there before they uh, completely sell out. Coming up in overtime, we've got a, uh, a new poll that's out. Aaron, I saw that you wrote about this oh, on yes. theblaze.com, a new poll that just came out. Uh, and it? well, it on? it's the, the Democratic presidential candidates. Trouble for Biden. Oh man, it is terrifying. <laughs> You don't want to miss it. You got to go to uh, blazetv.com in order to catch it. We will see you guys there.
Is it an online poll or is it a real quality poll? I think it's a real. It's a real. I feel like anything with Joe Biden is terrifying. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. I know all of you are waiting in anticipation on the edge of your seats to hear about this uh, this new poll that was released on the Democratic presidential candidates. Um, it was from Monmouth University. It was just released today, and it shows. Let me just give you the top three: Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, third place Joe Biden. Tough look mm. for Joe. Oh man, and this is on is the he, heels he's of. He's our favorite too, isn't he? Well, yeah. He's been out front since before he started running. Well, it's because he's safe. He's a safe candidate. They can tell him what to That's do. That's what and, they say. Well, they, I mean, he's, a, he's safe enough. They can tell him what to do, and sometimes he'll repeat it. So, you know, and sometimes he won't. And sometimes he doesn't know sometimes what to do. Sometimes he forgets. Right, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Doesn't know what a website is or a phone number, but, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, Joe. I mean, so Warren and Sanders are both at 20%. Biden is just below them at 19 A statistical tie, right, Mm -hmm. Aaron? But that's a huge drop for him. It is, because he was probably 20 points up in the last poll that they did, which was in June. And so his trajectory is clearly going the wrong way, and Warren is on the way up. And she's been on the way up because she's running a better campaign than he is. Because every time he speaks, he's messing up. He's not really inspiring to Democratic voters from a policy standpoint. So you kind of look at him and say, if he's too old, if he's not competent, and his policies are not inspiring, what reason would a Democratic voter have to choose him? Yeah, I agree. And and it's it's almost scary because between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, I don't know which one I'd rather. It's like the lesser of two evils, but I don't know which one is less evil. Doesn't Warren at least claim (laughs) to be a capitalist? Yeah, I mean, she claims that. And and she claims to be a capitalist. And I think out of the two, the DNC would probably back Elizabeth Warren only because it's almost like the second coming of Hillary Clinton. Oof. You know, I mean, I, I, well, and it's, and it's, no, and then it's not, and right. I, like, not to me, of course, mm-hmm. you know, as a conservative, I'm just like, oh gosh, please no. Um, but at the same time, I also, I kind of see them coming back at like a 2016 race, you know, how you had Hillary Clinton and President Trump and, you know, now they're, I think they're going to try and duke that out again, you know, mm-hmm. because other than that, Elizabeth Warren is Hillary Clinton. You know, she's blonde, she's white, except, you know, when the president likes to make fun of her for... And they're all- uh, she's not white. Oh, okay, she's, she's one, one, one hundred and sixteen, twenty, yeah, 24.74 Cherokee. I apologize. <laughs> and there are some people who say that Sanders just doesn't have a wide enough reach. You know, his, he's got a really passionate following, but it may not be very wide. And he kind of comes off in a way that doesn't have necessarily a mass appeal. He doesn't have any kind of presidential type feel. He's always yelling at people. He's so angry he's all the time. Angry. You know like, what? They he, get on to, to Trump for not being presidential. You like, know what he, stop he, he, he yelling. He, he really reminds me of like that drunk uncle at a Christmas party that just starts talking, and you want to get away from him, and you can't because he'll follow you from room to room, and be like, "Oh, do you remember this time when we?" And because his hair is always crazy, and he's always talking like this. <laughs> he really is. It, so, but when it comes to Joe, uh, lunchbox Joe, middle class Joe. Um, I've got to believe that it's these recent gaffes. You would think, because you're looking at him and saying, can he stand up on a stage with Trump and hold his own? And we know that Trump is sharp in a debate stage. Whatever you want to say about him, he can handle himself in a debate. Well, what's he gonna, may not answer the question. He may not, but he's going to control it, that's for sure. And Joe so might not... learning how to be a politician. Yeah, Joe might not hear the question. He might not know what it means. He might answer it totally wrong. And they're looking for somebody who can handle those debates in a general election. That's going to matter. And right now, Biden's not looking like he can do that. Um, I just recently saw before we we came out here, Seth Moulton has he's he's dropped out. Wasn't he's aware gone. that he was in. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
You know, the proper response they, would be who? I feel yeah. like they do that a lot. They'll they'll make a big deal out of these you know few onesie twosie names here and there. They say, oh, they dropped out of the presidential race, and we're like, who is that? Yeah, where were well, they? I don't think he made any of the debates. No, so, no were you really running if you didn't? <laughs> no. It's kind of. I mean, it's a little bit impressive that he stayed in past several different debates that he was not a part of. Reckoning yeah. those donations, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You would have I mean, thought yeah, that he, 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 he would have bailed to. a long time ago. Um, but I do want to touch on. Um, I feel like. While we all agree Joe Biden was seen as the safe bet, uh, it's a little troubling now that instead of going to someone who appeared to be a little bit more moderate, it looks like they're latching on to basically socialism. Mm -hmm. I mean, Aaron, as you pointed out, Elizabeth Warren says she's a capitalist, but, yeah, but her, all of her policies only. in yeah. right, uh, a, a kino. A Sino, capitalist in name only. <laughs> right. um, as her, her policies indicate that she is not actually a capitalist. Yeah, and one thing that's going to happen with Biden is as his case for electability, which has been his main thing, as that goes down and people start to look at him like maybe he's not the guy in the general election, people will feel more comfortable to say, well, maybe I can take the risk and go for somebody who before seemed less popular but is more extreme because Joe Biden's not going to get the job done anyway. So I might as well vote for what I want in terms of policy free college, whatever the case yeah. may be, healthcare, whatever that is. I see that. I see it a lot, too. Actually, I, I think I've beaten the algorithm on Facebook and Instagram. I almost subscribe to every single page just so I can see all the craziness. <laughs> um, and I, think, I feel like it gives me a pretty good sense of it. And I, I see that a lot. Actually, I used to see nothing but Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. And now I don't see her at all. It's she's dropped off. She's, she's, dropped she's off. completely yes. gone. And and I do see a lot more of Elizabeth Warren. And surprisingly, I also see a lot more of Andrew Yang. He's, really? Yeah, he's doing a lot, a lot better than people expected. A ton of him. I think yes. he's about 3% now. You know, and I think I think with Andrew Yang. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, great <laughs> job, Andrew Yang. Yeah, good job. Well, where's Marianne, you know? He's doing better. I'm sorry. That was rude. <laughs> that was a low blow. Well, I'm still trying back. to get over my girl Marianne. She might still no, not getting traction. I don't think she's going to get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's not enough dark psychic forces to help her out. Um, okay, so moving on, I want to touch on there was a, a recent survey that came out about millennials. We, all three of us sitting at the table, are in fact millennials. <laughs> Don't say. wear that label proudly. <laughs> but we didn't make up the rules, okay? <laughs> um, the survey shows that uh, millennials care less now about patriotism, religion, and family than previous generations. Uh, patriotism being very important fell 9%. Uh, since 21 years ago, religion fell 12%. Having children fell 16%. Wow. Uh, That's a lot. Katie, you have the unique perspective of being a veteran and also yeah. being a millennial. What do you think is behind this patriotism shift? Yeah, so I, I think, that, okay, so one thing I have to say is like when I see these polls, I'm always curious as to where they got their information because mm -hmm. I never get polled. I've I never, never been polled, I yeah. never well, get either. polled. I never see these polls online. No one ever comes for me and asks my opinion about them because I would say, yeah, I'm a patriot. I'm a mom. You know, I'm, you know, I'm totally for family and religion and, and capitalism, of course, but I never see that. So I think though the biggest problem with millennials is that we are the most grouped sense of individuals. I think since past generations, you know, you have the baby boomers and the Gen Xers, but they don't talk about, oh, well, these guys are socialists and these guys are Republicans and, and these guys are entitled college students and these guys, uh, you know, are they weird religious Bible thumpers or whatever you want to call us. I think that we are, we get in these groups that say, oh, they are, we're crazy right wing and we're crazy left wing and we're, we're all these little tiny groups, but I don't hear that from the Gen Xers and I don't hear it from the baby boomers. Yeah. Maybe I mean, I'm wrong. People are always talking <laughs> about how millennials are ruining everything. Yeah, we, well... We, 
I'm sorry, so, you know, but like, and like I said, <laughs> uh, I don't think millennials do ruin any, everything. And like, you know, I, Gen Xers and baby boomers raise us. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but if you have a problem with the way that we were raised, well, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Whoa, shots fired. <laughs> just, Generation shots, wars. I'm just saying, don't, yeah. I mean, don't, don't raise me up to say that you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you mm-hmm. want and then get mad when I act like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny with, with this poll, when you talk about patriotism, that's a bad word now. It's become it to carry so many negative connotations yeah. that have nothing to do with just being proud of the country that we live in. That's done well for most of us. And there's nothing wrong with that. But now it gets sort of tied into like right wing or white nationalists or, you know, these things that in our generation particularly have these negative connotations. Religion is the same way. Religion is starting to be associated with hate or with discrimination. And that's not what it's about at all. And so these terms, they don't mean what they really mean to the people who ascribe to them. Right. And so these polls, especially a poll that comes from CNN and who knows where their sample came from. Mm-hmm. But they're talking to people who view these terms totally outside of the actual definition of what they mean. And so to me... I don't know how much stock I put in those numbers. I mean, I can see some of that in society, you know, family being less prioritized and things like that. But still, I don't think that they're using the terms correctly. Well, and I I do think uh, the family aspect, you know, feminism has really done a number on uh, the importance of family and having children. I just saw a headline earlier today that was, you know, it was one of those ridiculous single mom decides to marry herself. Oh, oh I saw that. Did yeah. That? Oh, my I gosh. Mean, I mean, <laughs> no, I saw that. And yeah, wasting their time on a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Right. And she said that she had already had a kid years ago and thought that it was important to teach her daughter to be independent uh, and to take care of yourself. And it just made me really sad. Yeah. Because I just thought to myself, you can teach your your daughter that without teaching her that having a family is not important, that having a father around is not important. Um, And it just, it's really scary to me uh, that I can't think of anywhere else that it's come from other than the feminist movement. I think it is, and I actually, I made a post about this a while ago, I think feminism is ruining ruining the families Mm -hmm. and and granted this started you know back in the 40s and 50s when we actually like started kicking fathers out of their homes pretty much um but i I don't think that you have to have children to be able to still advocate for families Mm -hmm. but i also don't believe that if you are a single parent that you have to be married i do think it helps i I think i think having a, a both a male and a female figure in the home, yes. regardless of what they are. You know, I mean, if it's if it's your br- brother-in-law or your or your brother itself, you know, you can have that male figure in the home to help guide those children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and I'll say this as you know, I was a, a single mom mm-hmm. uh, for a little while, and it's not a badge that like, you can wear the badge proudly to say, right. I'm, I'm doing this successfully. Mm-hmm. I'm taking care of my kids by myself and I'm proud of myself for doing that. But you still recognize, hey, kids are generally better off with two parents in the home. Yes. Yeah, it's not a slight to single mothers to right. say no, that not fathers and mothers can bring different things into raising right. a child. Right. Right. Children benefit from that. It's not saying that single mothers are less than. No, it's I- just saying that there is something that if you can attain a family that has that, then that's a good thing. Yeah, not at all. And I think it's also important to note what the gender of the child is. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a daughter. And I could see, you know, my husband, he, I, I mean, she's 
she bosses him around all day. <laughs> you know, she's daddy's girl, but not mom. Mm -hmm. Mom teaches her like, hey, no, this is what you're going to do. And she's almost four. Uh, she can get herself dressed. She knows exactly where all her toys are. She puts them away. I mean, you can teach that independence to children as young as two. It's very, very easy. You just start off small with them, you know, right. put 10 toys away, put five toys away. Um, but I think if I were to have a son, I think our roles would be a little reverse. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm the mean guy in our in our house right now, but I think if I were to have a son, it would probably be a little bit different. Well, uh, I do have a son, and I have to tell you, I'm still the mean guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me, okay, all well, around. Then, <laughs> <laughs> it's perspective. <laughs> uh, so, Katie, before we go, could we dip our toe into, uh, you have recently been on Fox News. Yeah. You were on what? I was on three times in one day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> last week, just all over yeah. the place. Crazy stuff. For some current Crazy controversy stuff. going on with you. Yeah, I know. And I know I showed you some of the pictures, too. You and did. <laughs> but you're releasing them on, was it on yeah, Rant Nation? Yeah, I, I, finally, I finally released them for Rant Nation. Okay. Um, I didn't want to release the photos prior to the pageant because there were still, it, you know, the subject was of some other women that were in the pageant. Uh, and I know how some people can be. I didn't want those women to be attacked yeah. from the get-go. So I just, I left those pictures alone and I finally did release them so, so that people can kind of see my story of, of where it is. You know, I had, of course, have some doubters and stuff like so that. So what is the story then that you okay, want to share? Okay, so uh, I was awarded the title of Miss Nevada State to compete in a national pageant called Miss, uh, Miss America. Uh, the the whole competition was supposed to take place in Long Beach, California this past Saturday. So it did, obviously, and there's a new crown winner. Um, throughout the whole process, I had talked to the CEO, and she would say, you know, I'm very conservative, I'm very pro-Trump, you know, I love your idealistic views, they're so great, you're such a good person, like, you're going to be great, you're going to win, like, I know you can win, this is going to be awesome. So, of course, you get pumped up, and you're like, yeah, this is great. Uh, you know, and then as soon as I would start kind of putting out my political opinions on there, she would say, hey, Maybe not do that. You know, we talk back and forth on the phone, and she said, you know, the, I totally agree with you. And then on an email, she'd be like, I don't, I don't agree with you. Please take those down. Mm -hmm. So I'd say, okay, no problem. I did take a couple posts down, and then finally I actually donned a Trump 2020 hat in my profile picture, which I refuse to take down now. It's just going to be my picture until we get a new president in 2024. Hopefully it's like, you know, Crenshaw or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so she actually asked me to separate my pages, to have a profile pageant page and then a profile personal page, not a public figure page. And now, now, ju and just to be clear, mm -hmm. I'm not pushing back nope, on this, but just, just to clarify, there is a rule. Yes. So there, there is a rule in the pageant that says no politics pageant. So when she would actually come to me with say, hey, you know, this is too political, I would ask her specifically, hey, what's wrong with this post? What's wrong with this post? Um, and she would never tell me. So when she finally just said, separate the pages, avoid the drama. Mm -hmm. No problem. I can do that. It's a very, very easy fix. So I did that. I have multiple emails. So it's just uh, attaching a new one to it. So I did that. And then I would continue to post my opinions on my page, my personal page, just like I'd always been doing. And she would screenshot those and she'd send them to me. So on Sunday, last Sunday, three days before I'm supposed to check into my hotel in Long Beach, California, she emails me and says, you're no longer welcome. You are, you know, officially disqualified. You're no longer qualified to, to do this pageant. We don't think you fit our ideals. We don't think you want to listen. We don't think you're, you're actually important or, or not, not important that you view this as important. Mm -hmm. And I actually emailed her back and I was like, you know, I don't understand. I 
told you what I, you know, I told you, I asked you questions. You wouldn't do that. You know, you asked me to separate the pages. I separated the pages. And I actually put all of this on Twitter so everybody can see it. And at one point, she actually encouraged me. I went to a Turning Point USA event in Washington, D.C. in around July time frame. And she actually messaged me, and I think I showed you these mm -hmm. two. She encouraged me to get pictures with the president and Don Jr. and Dan Crenshaw and, you know, and, and with my sash, no less, so that she could post them online. We're, you know, which is yeah, kind of, like, right. I was like, that's yeah. a little contradictory, but okay. Right. And when she emailed me and disqualified me, I sent back a bunch of screenshots of other contestants who had uh, rallied for the human rights campaign in the LGBT community, which I'm not against, by the way. You know, I asked her. I these said, are political These are political. These are political organizations. You know, you can say they're not. You can say they're, oh, they're human rights. They're political. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything about the human rights campaign is political. And so I would send these, and she, she had the audacity to email me back and say, I don't think you understand what the word political means. Oh. I said, sure. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. One of them was the, uh, the no hate, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a no hate. So it was a woman, and like I said, I actually released these photos to Rent Nation. Rent Nation's going to put them on now. And it's a, it's a woman. She's got duct tape over her mouth, and she's dressed like the uh, Susie the Riveter, right? She's got that around her. Is that, is, is that one thing? Rosie the Riveter. Ro yeah, right. I'm like Susie. Rosie the Riveter, and she's got that around her head, and she's, uh, she's got no hate on her, on her cheek kind of wrote in there. And then, of course, down in the comments, it's, you know, LGBT, human rights campaign, Pride Week, Month, Pride Week, or whatever. And so it was kind of interesting. So when this happened and I got disqualified, she actually told me that I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that she would give me back my refund if I promised not to come after the pageant or promised not to tell any of my friends or family and if my friends and family said anything that I was held liable. Oh. I thought it was very... It's a lot. It was a lot. You know, I got this on a Sunday evening and I mean, I took the whole day on Monday <laughs> just to process it all yeah. before I actually responded to her. And then I actually put out this eight minute long video. It went viral. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't think it would go viral viral <laughs> um, and then people started calling me up and having me on their show and yeah and so and then of course they came out and said you know Katie Williams is distorting the facts this isn't the whole truth she violated the rules okay maybe I can I can attest to that so your so your uh your position is that if you violated the rules so did other so people. did they okay. and so that was my that was the whole thing you know people are like oh well she broke the rules and she still wants us to to care about what she thinks that's not my point mm -hmm. my point is if you're gonna have this rule you're a private organization and me being pro-business and pro-capitalism like i'm okay with you making up your rules and enforcing them mm -hmm. totally fine you know that's why i took the side of the colorado baker you know that's even why i took the side of the the red hand barn even though they were kicking out conservatives and Republicans. It's yeah. fine. It's your business. You do what you want. You want to lose that, that field of, of patronage? That's okay. What my biggest problem was is to hold me to a standard and not hold those other people to a standard was my biggest issue. And like I said, again, I didn't want to release those, issues, you know, those photos because I didn't want these women who didn't do anything wrong to get attacked. And now that they're not competing anymore because the patent's over, then I release the photos. Mm -hmm. so. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. that... Uh how that shakes out. Yeah. But you, but you believe, you 100% believe that it's because of your conservative views. I do, because I actually put that in both my emails and actually to a couple different messages with her and on the phone even. I said, I can't help but feel if I had more liberal views instead of conservative views, this wouldn't even be a discussion. Mm -hmm.
and it really wasn't. Now, you go back to these other women's pages, and of course, all the posts are gone, the ones that I had said anything about. Mm. Uh, once this thing went viral, I'm sure she went and said to the contestants, hey, take everything down so that they can't be, you know, can't be done. And, and, you know, Susan Jeske, who's the CEO of the Ms. America pageant, she actually does say that she's pro-President Trump and pro-conservative. And I say, well, you can say you're apolitical, mm-hmm. but you're not because your actions are showing me something different. Yeah. Um, well, Appreciate you being on the show uh, and sharing your story. I will say, though, (laughs) bummer that the only female in the house didn't get your exclusive photos. Oh, I will. You send, gave them to Grant. No, 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 no. I'll send them to you. I'll send them to you. You can have them after the show. You. I'm totally kidding. Uh, All right. Friday's poll: Who is the biggest threat to the United States? 80% 80% of you agreed with all of us. Democratic socialists are the biggest threat to the United States, followed by China at 17%, Russia at 3%, and North Korea at 1%. Today's poll, should Trump nuke hurricanes to stop them from reaching American shores? Sounds awesome, but no, <laughs> it's a real, I don't think that he should do that. This is a real like a question today being <laughs> seems like It just seems like a lot of money wasted. I don't... Maybe, maybe this is just me and this is a terrible way to think this, but if you live under sea level, maybe take some extra precautions. Mm-hmm. If you're going to live in the hurricane zone, maybe understand that maybe you need a beach house in, I don't know, Wisconsin. So you're not willing to go all the way in the fight against hurricanes? No, no, no. It's, <laughs> what, right. what, what, what I'll defer we, to what your would, military opinion. What would we but... call it, uh, hurric- the, the war on hurricane terror? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. Well, did you see Hillary Clinton? Came she, out. I did. She, very strong stance. Very, very strong. I will not stance. nuke Hurricane. That's very brave of Very pro Hurricane. Oh. What would we do without Hillary Clinton? <laughs> Let us know what you guys think uh, by going to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Thank you for joining me, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Always love having you, Aaron, but appreciate, appreciate the extra dose of estrogen. In the world. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.